This is Engage Governance, the podcast series from the Chartered Governance Institute, UK and Ireland. In this podcast, I'm talking to Sharon Constancin, CEO of Genius Boards, about leadership in the boardroom. Sharon, could you introduce yourself and give us an overview of the themes we're covering today? Good day, Rachel. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Today, we are going to be talking about leadership. Um, What I like to do in my themes of of corporate governance is to discuss them in the context of an animal. And by doing that, it's quite easy to visualize the position more clearly than it might be if we're talking in human terms only. So we're going to be talking um, about leadership in the context of the lion and how lonely it is to be the leader of a pride of lions. You are the only one in that position. And from there, the only place to go is down or out. So we want to ensure that we can keep our leaders in position for the duration they should be and to make them the most efficient possible. So thank you for that. Um, and in, in that context then, um, thinking about the um, the relationship between the company secretary and that, um, and that position, the chair, how do you think a company secretary can really support the chair in that, in that lonely leadership position and be their trusted advisor so that they don't feel alone? Probably the most successful way a company secretary can support a chair is to be like their chief of staff. Mm -hmm. Um, In other words, every move that the chair needs to make relative to the company, the company secretary is right there thinking 10 steps ahead of the chair, giving information, giving insight, keeping them abreast of what is occurring in the company, and actually being their ears and eyes into the business Bearing in mind that the uh, chair is not in a position to be touching the business in the same way that CEO is, Mm. the company secretary can really give them insights as to what the business is doing, Mm. how people are feeling, what are the emotions, what are the risks that are arising as they perceive it. And company secretaries tend to be extremely knowledgeable as to where the business is, and I use the word at in inverted commas, they get to know the real feeling, litmus view of where the company's at at that moment in time. Okay, that's interesting. And so the role of the company secretary with the leadership more broadly, how can they then expand from there and um, support the leadership as a whole, as well as being a good leader in their own right? Being a leader in their own right as a company secretary is a good place to start the answer Mm. to this, um, because if they are not empowered in their own role, they're no use to the board at all. Mm -hmm. So it's most important that the company secretary is of a seniority, that they are an equal peer to any of the directors and to the chair, and that they are respected for their knowledge about the business and about corporate governance, the codes, and often quite a lot of legal issues that they need to contend with, that they have the answer at their fingertips. The way that supports the whole board is through trust, respect, um, being the the person that is the secretary, we hold the secrets of the business. So they can hold two sides to the argument and hear both sides and act as the confidant to both sides of those, those arguments and helping the individuals to find a commonality and a, a, a way forward. So it's really important for them to, first of all, own their own shoes And second of all, to be that trustworthy individual at a peer-to-peer level with every director, including the um, chair of the board. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and you mentioned earlier about um, the CEO having the more um, in-depth knowledge and, and active role in the business. Um, so the relationship between the company secretary and the CEO, how, how can the company secretary really help the CEO to understand um, their potential in terms of their knowledge and value um, and how they can use those attributes appropriately? I see quite a vast range in behavior responses from CEOs to company se- towards company secretaries. Mm. And the important one is that they respect the individual in question. But the importance is for the company secretary to build a relationship with the CEO, person to person, on a competency level, therefore on a trust level. The value the company secretary can then bring to the CEO is in supporting them to be able to deliver papers, content, subject matters, priorities, such that the board will respond in the most positive way for the business. Because bearing in mind, the board is aligned to the business strategy in the same way that the um, CEO is. So best friend is your board. How to ensure they are your best friend is the company secretary is the route to success. So ensuring that they, they work with the company secretary to get that agenda and that board pack absolutely spot on. Okay. That's really interesting. And, and, and do you think a company secretary themselves can, um, can help to curate and drive strategy? And, and if you do, how would they do that? Company secretaries are, in many ways, in my view, uh, chairs in sheep's clothing. They are quite capable of being the most competent chairs around themselves. So, therefore, the ability to guide the executive in the strategic planning process is a very valuable contribution that a company secretary can bring because they're not seen as a threat by the individual's head of marketing, head of legal, head of risk, um, head of uh, business development. And therefore, they can build a very good symbiotic relationship where the company secretary can support them to position what their part of the business can do that will drive a strategic outcome that the board is is given as a guidance to the executive. So they're very, very powerful in uplifting the executive's um, blue skies thinking Mm -hmm. towards the strategic objectives that the the board and uh, the non-executive part of the board have given as a guideline in the strategic planning process. Mm -hmm. Um, And and in terms of perhaps a more um, uncomfortable dynamic. How do you think a company secretary could go about challenging a chair if they feel um, it's necessary? Mm-hmm. It's a bit difficult challenging your boss, as we all know. Yeah. And a CEO has this double-dotted line, one to the CEO and one to the chair. You know, it's interesting that the, the, the tougher as an individual that the chair might be, mm. the stronger the company secretary needs to stand their ground. They have to be knowledgeable, uh, senior, respectful, um, capable. They know their their facts. And it's important to stand your ground as a company secretary if that is what is right for the business. So to challenge the chair is not a negative. It is actually a very, very strong positive. Mm -hmm. Company secretaries, they have the ability to communicate. They have empathy. They have the ability to listen, to influence. And it's all those traits that need to come to the fore 
in that inverted columns, challenge of the chair. You can challenge the chair without it being a red rag challenge. It can be through influence, through discussion, through debate, through getting the individual to see the point for themselves. And that is the way that you invariably get buy-in far more successfully. And I have seen company secretaries cope with that in an extremely competent manner. That sounds really encouraging. Um, And what if you felt that really what was required as the company secretary to start the process of removing or changing a chair, um, what would be the best route for doing that for a company secretary? And, And when do you think that might need to happen? There are a couple of occasions when the chair might need to leave the business and the company secretary can have some very positive impacts in what could be a very sticky, awkward situation. If we look at it at nine years, um, the company secretary should be setting the expectation to everybody three years prior to that nine years, so from six years on, or earlier if the company works on a six-year strategy, is to start that um, very clearly in the succession plan. So there are no surprises. It's not seen as personal. Mm. It's not seen as vindictive. What you're looking for is, um, in my view, if the chair is still the chair of the nominations committee, that is your first step of change. Mm-hmm. If, the, if you're foreseeing complications coming, make a change for potentially the SID to take over the nominations committee because that opens the way to independent thinking and to use the company secretary in the messaging process of good governance, the code, what is expectations, refreshing the board. There are a lot of um, uh, content in our code which talks about the independence requirements, independence of mind, Um, and ensuring that you've got the entrepreneurial leadership and long-term sustainability focus. So there are lots of things that can be used to support that change for refreshing the board. If you've got a board that's got a lot of people that have been there a while, it might be that you discuss with the chair that theirs is the first to go because he's the most senior, she's the most senior, that they they should be doing the right thing first. So there's a way to influence that decision. No one's going to like it. Everyone wants to keep the job for life. Mm -hmm. But we all have to understand that that narrative of ongoing succession needs to start really early inside the nominations committee. So my recommendation is right now for all company secretaries, you should be changing your nomination chair not to be the board chair. That whole project of refreshing the board goes downhill under these Mm. circumstances because the chair has got so many other things they should be focused on rather than the mundane process of succession planning, which is so critical. Yes. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And what do you think are some of the behaviours in a chair that, that a company secretary should be looking out for as a potential red flag? Oh, that's an interesting interesting question as to what are the red flags in chair behavior when you're interviewing Mm -hmm. uh, for a new chair or comparing different candidates for a new chair role. Um, I would say your first absolute critical requirement is somebody who has deep empathy, deep EQ, uh, deep coaching and mentoring qualities. They need to be able to chair a meeting. 
Mm-hmm. After that, behind all those requirements, I would look for industry knowledge. I would look for education. I would look for experience. I'd look for um, their network. Then look at what the business looks for next. If you don't have those first very key personal qualities, the chair is not going to succeed in that business. One of the things I'd also be aware of, rather than the positives I've just mentioned mm-hmm. now, is deep industry expert, because mm-hmm. then they're going to start telling the CEO what to do. And we know that any CEO who's being told what to do, you might as well just cut their wings off. They will leave. That is the worst person to put in as a chair, but the best person to have potentially as a senior independent director where you can challenge, but you can't do that in the chair role because you need the mentoring, coaching, devil's advocate, yes, outside of the meeting. Mm -hmm. But inside the meeting, they are chairing the meeting. And industry experts don't do that well when they're not seeing it done the way they would have done it when they'd been sitting in the CEO's role. And I'm I'm interested in what you you say about the industry experts. Do you think in some ways um, there might be benefit in having somebody um, from an an area of expertise that's perhaps um, becoming more important to the way businesses are run, perhaps um, uh, somebody who knows a bit more about the science of climate change or about... um, the diversity issues that companies are um, increasingly facing. Do you think there's a benefit in that? I really do. Um, I think it's really important that chairs have the modern agenda front of mind. And I use Mm -hmm. the word modern agenda in a very broad perspective of the E of ESG, uh, which is your climate change, um, looking after our planet and our people before we look after profit, but having the entrepreneurial aspect that you're looking still at sustainability of all the elements of the business, Um, social in terms of people, caring about the people, the community, the customer, the supply chain, and then looking at the G of having a, a chair that is not governance respectful, isn't possible job for a company secretary to take on. So they really need to have the strength in E, S, and G. Mm-hmm. They need to have experience at board level, but they could do it in a completely different industry. Yeah. Sometimes it's really valuable to bring the uh, structure of the financial services sector to something that is far less structured as an industry, bringing regulatory um, or risk dynamics to a business that is now going into a more risk environment, but is not natural to consider risk in that industry. So typically, the broad spectrum is good. One of the things that one's got to be careful of is whether they've come up through a profession. And no disrespect to the professionals, because we absolutely need them, but you've got to be careful of someone who's an architect or who Mm. is an engineer or who is a finance director or a legal expert because unless they are trained outside of their profession in many, many years of their career, those kind of people, typically if they've come straight from the professional role, typically don't make very good chairs because they're used to being in instruction mode rather than in business mode. Okay, that's interesting. Genius Board specializes in board evaluations from a behavioral perspective, addressing directly boardroom dynamics, therefore boardroom effectiveness. 
and thinking about those ESG topics, how do you think a company secretary could potentially work with a chair um, to, to get them more on board with those issues, particularly the diversity issues, um, ensuring there's a better pipeline of skills, a diverse pipeline of skills to the board, providing diversity of skill, diversity of thought, diversity of experience and background? How can, how can the company secretary get the, the chair on board with that agenda? I think we come back to getting a chair to understand diversity as being a story that the company secretary is constantly sharing with the chair, evidencing the value. I've just done some research for another project Mm. of how many females make it to chair roles in senior companies. And the statistics are horrific. Mm. The only way we are going to get that diversity following into the exec line and into the chair lines, because we're doing reasonably okay in the non-execs because we focused on it, is we need to focus on it. So we need to set goals. If we set goals, we can measure them. If we measure them, we get delivery. So it's important for the business to set its relative goals. You don't want to set a diversity goal that's going to create chaos. So the diversity has to be relevant to the marketplace, to the customer, to the product, to the demographics of who they are serving. But you need to bring in not a prescriptive male, color, um, religion. What you're looking for is diversity of thought. Diversity of thought is so critical because that is what can bring better decision making. You also need a very strong chair to be able to Uh, chair a meeting with diversity of thought occurring so that you get the best out of it and not not the loudest noise. Uh, You get the the better decision-making, the the summary of the good quality thoughts being brought together by the chair. So the more diverse, the more difficult it is to chair, but the ultimate decision has been well thought through and everybody has had a contribution and everyone feels bought into the outcome Mm. and the decision that has been set. So the company secretary can support all the directors and can support the chair in the nominations process of being part of the nominations committee. I would always recommend a company secretary is a member of the nominations committee Mm -hmm. and start right from the grassroots of ensuring that the specifications for the roles being filled are written out right in the first place. Also knowing what diversity you want, why you want it, and what you're going to do with it. And if you can't answer those questions, don't take diversity for the sake of it because it will look like bedlam. Mm -hmm. So it's important to do it right by every business, which is unique, but that is where the company secretary's ability to understand the business and the entire demographics that value we brought into the nominations committee right from the beginning and to keep the chair very well informed of the why and the value. Mm-hmm. How do you think a company secretary uh, should deal with a chair that, that perhaps won't listen to them or the rest of the board um, uh, and, and therefore perhaps isn't facilitating that decision-making process? An interesting question when you've got a chair that doesn't chair well but equally is not uh, open to some mentoring or coaching themselves to be a better chair. problem you have with a lot of chairs is they've got to the top of their career within that business. Only other place they can go upwards is a better chair role with a bigger organisation with more mm. kudos. So their next point in that business is, 
on the way out. And, of course, therefore, there's a lot of self-protection um, of their position at that moment in time, which is totally human, totally respected and totally understood. Nothing mm. wrong with it. But it needs to be done in the best interests of the company at all times. So sometimes a board evaluation, for example, is one way of doing it. Another one is board development um, sessions where the company secretary has briefed the uh, person who is running the sessions very carefully. Another way is to run a case study that is completely different to the company, but the issues are embedded mm. within the story and therefore can be teased out and discussed and debated in detail. And then the mirror turned around and said, this is mm. how you look. So in all cases, you need the aha factor to land, but it needs to be done in a non-threatening, um, collaborative way where the team are working together. How can a company secretary um, help the chair to, to see or understand a risk that they, they aren't acknowledging? Difficult to get chairs to understand risk, which is so counter to why we have nominations, why we have remuneration and why we have audit. Mm. So it's really important for them to understand what is the value those existing standard, totally acceptable three committees do. And very often we'll see an investment committee, we'll see a conduct or a governance type committees. And boards find those acceptable. But when it comes to risk, there's often the response is the risk belongs to the board. Everything belongs to the board, whether it's audit, whether it's the financial statements, or whether it is assessing risk. The board cannot get into the detail that it needs to, and therefore a risk committee is extremely valuable. Not necessarily chaired by the same person as audit who looks backwards, risk looks mm. forwards, and sometimes one person can't do both as well as each other, and therefore often better to be held under a different individual. And this focus on risk by a committee and by someone who's experienced in risk management can actually help the board to really up their game in terms of risk management, which brings the chair along with the journey of increasing the risk radar of the business on the external environment, the internal environment, being able to brainstorm possible things, not just review the risk register. The risk register should be very dynamic and the board should be looking at risk without looking at a risk register to see what went, what changed place in the last mm. six months. You should be thinking, what in our business has changed place and is the risk register reflecting that? So they should be starting with a white piece of paper, which is where a risk committee can bring value such that the whole board, including the um, chair, can challenge the chair of the risk committee on the issues that they are deep diving or concerned about all the changes that are happening in the environment. So it changes the dynamic of the board to be able to focus on that topic in a way that the long-term sustainability of the business, the modern agenda, the changes in our environment are constantly being considered. Mm -hmm. And in terms of um, making decision-making the most effective that it can be, um, how can a company secretary stop some decisions being made in more informal settings um, where perhaps the input of all, all of the board members um, isn't being considered because of where the decisions are being made? Mm -hmm. Like over lunch or something like yes. that. Um, 
or on telephone calls between directors, they come up with decisions and then influence mm. the rest of the board to take to mm-hmm. follow the same decision that one or yeah. two or three people have had in a conversation offline. Yeah. I've worked with an organisation once that was extremely competent in making all the decisions offline and then re- effectively by their behaviour requesting the board to ratify them. Mm. And the reason they were doing that is they had the wrong people on the board. They had too many of the inappropriate executives on the board of this organisation. It was historic and it was something that needed to change because they weren't able to have the right kind of conversation in the boardroom. So my first question is, do you have the right people to have the right conversations so that you Mm. can discuss things properly? In other words, how often do you see a multitude of executive people attending board meetings for the entire board meeting. That will completely curtail the right kind of conversations uh, being had and creating a safe place. So first of all is to clean up who's present, when they're present, for how long they're present in the board meeting. The second aspect is to train the those trying to do it into the risks that that is creating And the other aspect is to ensure that a full due process occurs when you notice this kind of thing is potentially happening in the background. Mm. So you actually almost make it embarrassing for them to continue that kind of behavior because of the nature of the embarrassment that keep having to say well you can't have done that now we're going to have to ratify what was it you discussed very quickly they'll say they'll have the conversation say okay let's bring it to board let's make sure it's on the agenda it's high priority let's discuss it properly with the rest of the board we've achieved our objective so you can quite subtly as a company secretary actually get them to toe the line naturally because Mm. they realize that is the right thing to do Okay, that's 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 really interesting. And um, just a, just a final thought: if a company secretary has a new chair and um, they need to get them up and running really quickly, um, what's your best advice on how they should go about doing that? Oh, that's an interesting one. How to induct a chair? Um, hmm. You obviously want them to spend time with the CEO to get to understand the business from their perspective. I would, though, suggest that the chair first spends a period of time with the company secretary getting the download. And I'd be amazed when you look at the end result and that first conversation. Yes, you learn a lot in between, but relatively speaking, you get 80% of the information right in the beginning because the company secretary will tell it as it is because they do good governance and they want the business to succeed. So they will always ensure that the right things are highlighted. Equally important is to build a relationship with the CEO that is non-threatening, mentoring, supportive, but challenging. So that constructive conflict challenge environment that is supporting the, the CEO to be the best possible person they can be rather than knocking them down. And actually being a real friend in terms of that discussion, which is always held offline. I then think the chair should spend good quality time with the CFO, understanding the numbers. You'll get a very different slant on the business from these three people. Now you'll get the numbers, you'll get the the facts, you will get the cash flow, you will get the um, sustainability from a financial perspective of the business, but a very critical aspect to understand and also to get 
a feel for the value that the finance person can bring to the business rather than the recording of the business. And determining whether you have got a CFO who will stand in their own shoes against the CEO. One person's driving the delivery of the business, the other one's driving the recording and the legal and the compliance aspect of the business. And how do those two work in tandem such that they bring independent uh, voice to the board? And then, obviously, he's looking into the rest of the business, you know, everything from the product to the customer to the location to the geographies and getting to understand and walk the floor of the business, which is really critical, preferably unchaperoned, so that they can mm. go and actually talk, not make decisions, just listen, just ask questions. People will then respect and know who the chair is because they've mm. met the individual. And you'd be amazed how much you learn walking the floor of a business um, and what that value is you can bring back to the conversation in the boardroom. Well, thank you very much, Sharon, for um, your insights on uh, the leadership role, that lonely position that you mentioned at the beginning and how the company secretary can support that position to be the most effective that it can be. It's been a really interesting discussion. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rachel. I appreciate your time. Engage Governance. Look out for more podcasts coming soon. We would like to thank our sponsors and experts for supporting the launch of the Engage Governance podcast series. To access more podcasts and other useful governance tools like our guidance notes, blogs and articles, please visit www.cgi.org.uk.